Mm. There's like, I'm just really liking the shadow on the wall from my haircut. It does look good. It does make you look like you've got a full head of hair. It does, yeah. It's been live already. That hit. That went quick. <laughs> and he's now live streaming on YouTube. Yeah, there you go. I've got to be careful what I say now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, because I got a community strike the other day for some of my music that I had on the background of one of my YouTube videos, so I'm already in trouble. Isn't that just the, the silliest thing? It's like, it's not like you're out there pirating this stuff but yeah they, they get pretty strict with that i didn't even realize i'd done it this is completely aside from a normal podcast i didn't even realize i'd done it i was editing a video in the software and it was music that was stock music on the software but i think because i've got a trial membership i right. don't have the to, so yeah i got flagged for three tracks on one, on one thing <laughs> the fun police got you yeah they got me how many more strikes till you're banned, Pete? I'm all right. This is because this is my first ever offence, and I don't get monetized anyway because I've got like four people watching um, on my other channel. And you pled, and you pled guilty to the first offence, so they gave you a lenient sentence. Is that how that works? Yeah. <laughs> and I promise, I promise not to uh, mention any right wing politics ever again. And they said, okay, we'll leave you alone. <laughs> Fair enough. The fun police are out in force, man. You got to be careful. Yeah. V for Vendetta was an excellent documentary, by the way. <laughs> 20, the second half. <laughs> we've got this look, we've got this, we're looking forward to that in uh, August. Oh, man. Please let us open, you know. Please let me out. Right, Pete, do you want to do your, your slightly professional bit? Oh, uh, go on then. Just so that everyone that's watching knows, um, tonight slash this morning for him, and uh, we've got Professor David Christich on, who is, and it's Grace Jiu Jitsu Temple Stone, isn't it? Correct. Yes, sir. So, um, very lucky he's joined us on very short notice as well in completely different time zones. So, we are very grateful for him jumping on. So, yeah, thank you very much. My pleasure. Honored to be on. Yeah. Thank we've, you. We've been doing our usual 10 minute chat before anyway and getting our, <laughs> angst, out, getting our angst out first, and then we're good to go. Almost <laughs> mandatory, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And for those that don't know, they have been um, where David has been put, unfortunately, back into a, a lockdown situation. So the title of the podcast being the Lockdown Chronicles is even more appropriate at the moment, unfortunately. But there you go. Lockdown 2.0, it's here. Yeah. But what can you do? You know, with jujitsu guys survive. We survive, we prevail. And we've been doing it for a long, long time, well before we got here. So, so how, far, how far back to the mats did you get out of lockdown one before lockdown two started, David? I know you just started to say before. It was a whole week. A week? Yep. Oh. <laughs> it was a whole week, man. Uh, it was, yeah. It was like, I think it was eight days or something like that. And they said... Panic button, uh, lock it all down again. And it's like, uh, well, notice. why did you open up? How much, notice Sorry, was that? How much notice did you get before you had to close again? Um, we got, I think it was uh, about 36 hours. Wow. And how long were you closed the first, the first time before that one week respite? Uh, we were closed for 10 weeks, 11 weeks. 
at that point. So, um, and, and did you get all the way back to like full contact sparring and, and, and everything in that one week? No, 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 not at all. Um, we, we were allowed to have the kids train as normal, but the adults had to have modified training. And um, we and everyone was very excited about that. It was just, I think it was more a situation where we were enjoying just the company we have on the mat. And it almost didn't matter what we were up to more than just being able to see people in person, which was a, a, a huge deal. And then it was like, no, not again. And they stopped it and... It was, I actually think like just from that perspective, I think it was cruel, you know, to even do it. It, it would have been better for them to say, no, stay locked up kind of thing in, in some respect. But, you know, what can you do? Yeah, not much really at the moment. Is there? It's bit... I, I, I don't feel like getting a, a, a sizable infringement notice for you know for bending the rules so um, yeah 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 and it's tough and that you've got to regardless of your personal feelings or regardless of what other people are doing outside of the you know whatever other anybody individual chooses to do publicly as a as a business and everything else you've got to be super clean oh, and that also depends on the kind of business you are apparently which right. you know yeah. it's, it's a little bit. I, I think the mixed messages and and the frustration that people are feeling is, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't help. And uh, where, having said where, that, where have they put you back to? Like, uh, what what is currently open where you are? So stage three means that you basically leave your house to exercise, get food. Uh, if right. you're a caregiver. You can, you can do that. Um, basically, sort of essentials only kind of situation. Yeah. Um, major shopping centers are open, but not all the shops are open because most of the major shopping centers have supermarkets inside them. So, you know, there's, there, there's some very arbitrary lines drawn, which often don't make sense, but, um, yeah, it's 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 frustrating, but at the same time, you know, it's it's allowed us to get in contact and stuff. There there are some good there are some good elements to it, you know, allowing myself, you know, just to to sit back and sort of have a look at how the operation's going. What you know, what direction are we going to head in the future? You know, what contingencies do we have in place? And it, it does give you time to think about that gives you time to spend spend with you, your family and, and things that that do unfortunately do get a little neglected sometimes or forgotten about or deprioritized to you know sort of rejig it and put it back on top. Um we, we saying, I've been skateboarding a lot, so that's good. <laughs> we were saying the other day how much it's kind of made us um sort of more aware of, of the things that maybe you take for granted normally, you know? Whether that's your ability to go out and just train or more time with family, you know, it, you, you kind of, you, 
I think from now on, you we're not going to take things, you know, not to say we ever took them for granted massively, but you appreciate them even more, you know? Agreed 100%. Just, just seeing the guys, you know, just, you know, you hit a normal work day is a good thing, you know? <laughs> it's just, I, I wish, yeah. you know? And, and I'm sure you guys are exactly the same. It's a, uh, it's not really, I don't think it's the way that people are really meant to live. I don't think people are really designed to live like this. No, definitely not. There's that, you need I, the, I the community and the social element of, of mixing yeah. with other people and uh, yeah, yeah. Us guys, we're not the most sociable of people, but we're sociable with the people that we like to be sociable with. As are most people. Don't tar me with that brush, Rob. I'm a social buddy. Okay. <laughs> 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 right, so as, as are most people. Um, you know, it's, I think there's there's been some you know, if we start really defining terms, people are social animals. And it's, having said that, it's like, there's always that person that says, oh, no, not me. I'm a loner. I'm this. Yeah, you too. You like to tell other people that you like to be alone to their face. <laughs> so you are now socially interacting. So <laughs> it's, we, we pick and choose our social groups as, as we have been doing for, what is it, a couple of million years and change. So you know, the, the, the social settings, like people that are isolated, isolated, don't, do not do well. And that's a, um, a well-established principle. Um, and, and that's, that's where I think, you know, as we were discussing sort of previously, the, the toll that these procedures will start to take is one that, that is, that has nothing to do with a virus, but it's a very human issue. You don't, you don't get to opt out of being a human being. And that, that comes down to, to technique as well. You know, this is, this is, we're talking about obviously something else, but the, the actual, say with jujitsu, you don't get to opt out of being human. We're, you know, it doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter how fast you are. It doesn't matter how amazing physically and physically capable one may be. There are rules. You're a human being, you only bend and twist certain ways for certain distances and you're subject to the laws of physics. So, you know, <laughs> there's, there's things you can't opt out of and there's things you can't get around. 100%. Love it. Can you... Go on, Pete. Go on. I was just going to say, can you do the... For people that sort of don't know your background and stuff, can you do the, the usual sort of intros to what got you started in jiu-jitsu and oh sure, it all came sure, to sure. um i uh started jiu-jitsu in 1995 uh i was 17 um i i got into it i, I was into martial arts and stuff um beforehand and my father was a, a defensive tactics instructor for the police force here. And he, you know, they're, they're in, in his department were always looking for the cutting edge sort of stuff for that. And some guys that he uh, worked with 
from the special operations groups. So they're, um, I don't know what the equivalent would be in England, but um, they're, they're the guys in black that if you do something really, really bad, they kick in your door and shoot you. Um, so they're, they're, they're pretty hardcore guys and uh, lovely people. Um, they, they truly are. It's just they have a very hard job. And, um, you know, they, they come over to the house all the time. And, and one of those guys brought me a, a VHS tape. Now, for you kids at home that don't know what a VHS tape is, this is old technology. This is pre-DVD and uh, pre-internet, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm really showing my age right now. <laughs> um, so he brought me this, this grainy bootleg copy of a copy of a copy VHS tape with, um, it was uh, UFC one, which happened a year and a bit previous and uh, some, some other stuff, Gracie's in action one and two, I think were on it. And there was a, a little demo video of, the man who would later become my first instructor in jiu-jitsu, uh, John Will, uh, for he was a, a bit of a pioneer over here. And uh, yeah, so that was sort of like, I was, he actually said something to me, it was actually quite prophetic. He, he said, if you're into martial arts, Dave, this is the future. And I don't think he realized how right he was going to be, you know? So, and I, I first saw this at like 15, this, this tape, like 15 years old. And then I, I did a, a little class and it wasn't really consistent. So I, I count my time at starting from 17. So I think UFC one at that time, when I was 15, had just finished so late 93. That's yeah. when I first saw it. And I was just sort of obsessed with it. Bill knows, knows about it, don't you, Bill? You need to know about it. November, uh, November 12th. November 12th, yeah. 1993. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I would have got that a uh, copy, that bootleg copy um, you know, sometime in December or even possibly early January. Um, yeah, so I started at 17 years old and I was already training in martial arts since I was small. My, my, my first instructor was my dad. Um, but yeah, so as far as jujitsu went, I, I got to, I, I could finally, I finished year 12 um, to, to, yeah, so I, I finished that and um, yeah, I could actually go to the academy. Um, I had to catch two buses and two trains to get there because that was the only place in Melbourne that John was teaching. So yeah, I, I got into that and it's the rest, as they say, is history. Um, I ended up getting my black belt, my first and second degree through that particular lineage, um, which is the Machado lineage. Yeah. Um, very, very proud to be a part of that. And, you know, just a, a amazing group of people. And, um, I ended up meeting up with a, uh, a friend um, when I was, when I was teaching, uh, early in the piece, I was still a brown belt and he was a brown belt as well. His name's Jim Kelly, who's, uh, very good friends with Alan Manganello, whom you guys definitely know. 
Um, yeah. And he came to Australia because I was teaching a student of his. Um, had a student of his come move to Australia, so he was training with us. And then Jim came to visit. And that's how we sort of got the ball rolling there. And years later, I ended up um, transferring across to Pedro Sauer. And um, Pedro ended up presenting me with my third degree uh, in 2013. And um, then the whole GU Pedro Sauer thing started to, to happen. And um, one of my students, uh, Robbie, myself, and Alan were the first through the door. Um, post-merger and so that sort of brings us to where we are now nice that's uh some yeah some lineage some background there great yeah as well. and and, yeah. and that, that comment made to you right the way back at the start saying this is the future i didn't um, understand it was going to be my future yeah. <laughs> at the time <laughs> So I've been on the mat for the better part of 25 years and, um, you know, just enjoying it uh, very much and met some amazing people. I've, I've been very, very lucky. I've been very privileged to be able to work with the people that I work with. You know, you, you, I think now jujitsu is, is much more popular obviously than it was, but to, to really get good training back then, you had to really find the guys that knew. You had to be sort of very much plugged in, which in a way, I guess, sort of helped you get the good stuff, you know, as opposed to now it's like, you know, fake black belt exposed here or whatever there, you know, it's, it's they all get found out eventually, but you know, it's, it's, it's a much bigger pool and, you know, you might end up just by circumstance dealing with someone that maybe isn't um, all that they say they are. So I think, you know, take, take the time to find the right people. And, and that was, it was harder to get to, but it was easier to do, I think back in the way back when, because how many guys really knew, you know, (laughs) It wasn't, there wasn't very many. I mean, I'm sure this is, I mean, this is just me just making it up, but I can't imagine that in that, in the last 20 years, 30 years, that there's been another martial art that's grown in the same way as jujitsu has. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And I think also jujitsu is responsible for martial arts that were previously either sort of shuffled down the list or even forgotten about by them for the most part. Um, you know, everyone sort of gets into those silly debates, judo, jujitsu, wrestling, jujitsu, you know, but it was the jujitsu guys that hired wrestling coaches. It was the jujitsu guys that started sort of kindling a, a little bit more of the, um, interest in judo and stuff so i think the 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 introduction of jiu-jitsu to the martial arts landscape has had a significant flow-on effect uh from for 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 a lot of different not just grappling arts but you know since the evolution of mma has happened and all that sort of stuff like boxing gyms and and muay thai gyms that that were that were places and you know they they were rough 
rough places, but now it's it's like they got a bit of a facelift, you know, with the whole thing with the MMA that the level of professionalism that's come out of it, I think is absolutely uh, made made a massive jump forward. Do you think? Do you think that you know, with with a you know, with its popularity and the fact that it's growing so fast, you know, I'm sure there'll be. I'm sure there's already people kind of campaigning for it to become like an Olympic sport and these sorts of things. Do you think that, you know, that there's a danger that it ends up kind of losing its origins? You know, like, like judo just became very throw based and, and the groundwork kind of disappeared from it. Do you think that there'll be an element of, of, of that with, with jiu-jitsu at all? I think if you look at the history of any martial art, that has ultimately become an Olympic sport. And there's obviously quite a process that goes into that. Um, it's potentially disastrous for the art itself. I also think that that happens prior to the Olympics. Um, for it to get into the Olympics, people generally have to understand it to some degree. Um, so, hence the you know the rule changes and stuff and when you change rules you change how the athletes are going to conduct themselves in order to get the win that's inevitable what i my contention is i i have zero issue with competition by the way i think competition is a very good thing my contention is what is the goal of the competition I personally think the wheels start to fall off when we are no longer pursuing uh, refinement and uh, you know betterment of the art through competition. That, that improving the art, researching the art is no longer the goal. When we shift that goal to just find a winner, that's when rules start to change. That's when rules start to shift. And that's when athletes start conducting themselves differently because the win becomes more important than the information being extracted in those exchanges. Those exchanges are vital, absolutely vital. But when the goal shifts from improving the art to finding a winner, the wheels fall off. Yeah. And that's, and, and the Olympics would be the, epitome of that kind of activity got to give someone the gold medal <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. I, I never started to train in order to compete it's never it's never really on my uh, on my roadmap for for, for training jujitsu um have you, have you ever competed david yes and just on that point i think that you know jujitsu Good jiu-jitsu is versatile. It's about the user at the end of the day. So if the user wishes to compete in any environment, it could be mixed martial arts, it could be um, you know, jiu-jitsu, grappling tournaments, gi, no gi, whatever. The user determines its usefulness to them. I think as an instructor, you have a responsibility to learn a lot more so you can service your students properly um but you know i i think and those goals will change you know if you're if you're in your 20s and you want to butt heads and all that sort of stuff okay fine 
But, you know, if you're in your 40s and you're just starting, well, maybe that's not on your list. Or maybe you're not a competitive person, or maybe you are. But jujitsu will have an avenue for you. And I think the most important thing is people participate. Um, with reference to your question, uh, yes, I did compete. I competed in uh, every belt division. Um, the the sort of biggest tournament I competed in was the Pan Pax, um, Pan Pacifics. Um, I also competed um, for a short stint in judo and, and wrestling and stuff like that. I had one professional fight, um, but 200 bucks to win was not a good deal. Um, I got 200 bucks, but I had to reconsider my whole position on being a pro fighter after that. <laughs> which was sort of funny. Uh, that it was really funny. I was, I was, I was still into it. I, I, I won and all that sort of stuff. I, yay, 200 bucks. I'm 19 years old, 18, 19 years old. 200 bucks was like a big deal, right? <laughs> Spend it walking around the corner. But um, just waking up in the morning, you know, you guys know how it is. Um, but yeah, so then a, a promoter rang me up. Oh, we saw your last fight. We want to, we want to get you, you know, we want to get you on our card. I'm like, okay, well, how many are there? You know, oh, we can't afford to pay you. So what? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm signing up for that. <laughs> what do you think your biggest thing you'd learned from competition was? Do you think there's a couple of like really big takeaways that you then carried through sort of forever? Anything that helped you? Aside from learning that I was not really a great competitor, <laughs> um, I, I think the biggest thing I took away was if you are going to be serious about competing, you have to go in with that agenda. If you're gonna go compete and have fun, and as is anyone's right to do so, that's cool, but don't expect really sort of any result. If, and particularly now, I think even the amateur nature of the competition almost demands that you train like a pro, particularly when you start getting purple belt and above. You know, these guys are taking it really very seriously. So if, if you want to be competitive, you, you've got to put in some time. But I think the idea of going in with, a, with an agenda and that agenda can shift depending on the rule set or, or where you may find yourself. So I think that, that valuing preparation. So I, I was not a great competitor, not because my jiu-jitsu was terrible, but because I would often just, uh, I'm not going to compete. And then two days before the thing, oh yeah, I'll, I'll put my application in and go and compete exactly as I was. But that gave me a bit of a unique experience, meaning that whatever I was doing at the time, whatever, however my jiu-jitsu was looking and feeling at the time, got a very unbiased test. Assessment, yeah. So, so that, was, that was a plus for me as well. So... I, I, I didn't really enjoy competition. It's a really long day. I find it actually quite boring. Um, 
but from a research perspective, I thought it was actually pretty cool. And I, I even, I, I don't really watch a, a lot of competitive footage because like to sit there and just watch an entire match is, it, it can, you know, I find myself sort of not nodding off at some point, you know, it's, it's, it can get a little like that. But now if, if I'm sort of, okay, I want to see what this guy does, how I even look at that video footage now is completely different. Um, and I look at it as a, as a researcher. So I, I actually end up looking at the same match about three times. One from the target's perspective. So whom I am actually looking at two from the antagonist's perspective. So what are they doing? that's causing what they're doing. And then three, where the interactions are and, you know, jujitsu is in the interactions. It's, it's, as, as Pedro Sao would say, it's in the trades. You want to make good trades and try and avoid making bad trades. You know, if you make a bad trade, don't lose too much. You know, so that that idea, I, I look at it from a research perspective. And as a, as a bit of a, a, a geek in terms of, you know, jujitsu, you know, we're all jujitsu nerds. You know, we, we, we get down like that. Um, you know, researching a particular person or a particular event or a particular match is actually far more useful to us because we can take some of that stuff away and go okay we're going to go and try it and you know your, your students or your friends are usually the recipient of that uh that experiment <laughs> in my case my wife my kids <laughs> so after 25 years david what keeps you going back to the mats you said you're wow. a, a jujitsu geek. I think you've started to touch on some of those bits and pieces and the research, but yeah, but, but what is it that keeps you going back? I think because I've been training for, for a while, uh, a lot of my, a lot of just how I understand the world is sort of through that medium. Like we, we put things through sort of filters. So, you know, something happens here and it's like, okay, what filter am I going to put that through to get me to understand it? Um, obviously it's my profession, but I'm sort of one of those people that I, I'm not particularly good at doing things I don't like doing for work. That's why I can't really work in an office particularly well or anything like that. Um, so yes, it's my profession, and I enjoy passing that knowledge on and, and seeing students grow and, and pursue their own excellence, you know, be the best version of themselves they can be through jujitsu. And for a lot of that, that's the same for me too. If, if I was not a, a jujitsu practitioner, I would need to do something, invest in something to make me the best version of myself I could be. And aside from, from that, I think it just uh, allows me to have a little peace. I know it sort of sounds funny, you know, we're gonna break each other's arms and squeeze each other's necks and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't sound very peaceful, but um, the peace comes from just having the, 
just being invested in in those moments. There's there's nothing before it. There's nothing after it. All that kind of background noise is gone. What background noise? It doesn't exist at that point. (laughs) It's just, it's it's completely, it's peaceful in that you're in the moment. And the cool thing is you get to share that with someone else, which is actually pretty awesome. You you build a lot of good friendships. That's almost one of the hardest things to kind of describe to people. You know, that kind of idea of, um, you know, as you say, finding that peace in the middle of all that kind of, you know, what looks like chaos. But I think, you know, I, 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 we've spoken about it before between the three of us. We, we all feel, you know, that, that, that same kind of way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's impossible I to think agree. about the stresses and the pressures of work when, you know, <laughs> when you're trying to stay alive and stop stop yourself from being strangled, you know. And, and, and yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's not calm. It is crazy, but it's, it's calm for the mind. Yeah. I, I, heard a, I heard a quote. Um, I honestly, I cannot recall where it comes from. Uh, apparently a guy decided that he was on a, almost on a whim that he was going to start running like as in, you know, I'm going to run. And then he eventually ended up running marathons and ultra marathons and he just went sort of nuts. Um, but he, he phrased it very well and we are never as alive and I paraphrase you, we're never as alive as we are when we're closest to death. And of course, I'm not advocating, you know, jumping off cliffs and starting gang fights or anything like that, <laughs> or doing anything dicey or criminal uh, and put yourself in mortal danger. I think that's sort of ridiculous, but I think the idea that someone can quite literally, you know, take your air away from you. You know, that's, that's a, that's a big thing. And that, that's a, that's a, it's a humbling moment. And it sort of, sort of keeps you, it keeps you, your feet on the ground. I think, you know, you, you might think you're all that in a bag of chips and then one of your friends just comes and whoops you and you go, Oh, okay. All right. Good. Re- recalibrated. Thank you. <laughs> I think you're right on that one. It, it keeps you constantly in that state of learning, right? You know, because you're always getting that reality check every week, every training session. You uh, you don't get too carried away with yourself. You, you, you stay humble. I think it's a, it's a, yeah. Right. And I think that has, has to do with the, the basic makeup of the person as well. It's like um, we've all heard the, the adage, you know, uh, jiu-jitsu is an ego killer. It, to some degree, I think that's sort of true. To another degree, I, I don't think it's very accurate at all. Um, if you take someone that is fundamentally good, you will make good great when people do jiu-jitsu. And, and, and why this is the story, it's the narrative. It's not a story. It's the story for most everyone that, that participates. And for, and for a longer time, they, they really do find the better part of themselves and it helps them, you know, be a little bit more humble, be a little bit more open to different ideas or, you know, be a better dad or whomever. Hey, sweetie. (laughs) Um, You know, and it does force one to be sort of pretty introspective. You, You do need to have the reality check. You do need to, brought to a position where 
you are forced to think about your actions and their ramifications. And, and someone that's, that's fundamentally good, which is most people, um, will, will have that very positive experience. But then every so often you get someone who's really not fundamentally good. And that's when you have a situation where jujitsu or really any martial art can make bad worse. And thankfully it does not happen often. And, and the story is the positive version. But I think with any powerful tool to, to make, you know, that, that allows someone to make themselves physically more capable, whether it's in a fight or just in general, you have the, the possibility that that does not go well, you know. I'm, a, I'm, I'm feeling a Spider-Man quote coming on, but, you know, like with great power comes <laughs> great responsibility, you know. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. And, and, Absolutely. And, and, you know, littered through all of those comic books, you know, it is, you know, good people that just, they get a taste of something and they, and or, or a situation and they go bad. And it's it's easy to do, I guess. Um, Can you help me with that? Can you do, um, do I just have to turn it up to 115 and something? Just, just turn it up to 115 and just put it on the rack. So take the, the trays out, okay? okay. Um, but yeah, uh, the, I, I agree with that. I, I think it's a, it's a very poignant sort of life rule. Um, but I think with martial arts too, martial arts has this idea and, and it's, it's empowering. So it does uh, have a, a very profound um, attraction to broken people. Uh, and I can say this because I was a bully kid. Um, you know, my school life was not great. And bullies and, and people like this, they're created and there's a cycle. A bully takes away someone's confidence. Someone gets their confidence back by being a bully and so on and so forth. And in order to break that, it takes a lot of... Roy, did you take the plastic off that? Yeah, we took the plastic off that. Oh, good call. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wouldn't be um, very tasty if it was still they don't know it's They don't know it's live. It's hilarious. <laughs> 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 um, but it, it actually jujitsu helped me with that uh, significantly but I had to go through that that phase because you get you not only get a little bit of personal power but also you are now getting tools that basically nobody else has like, even though, I mean, we say, we see jujitsu growing because we're around jujitsu people all the time, but the vast majority of the world still no has really no idea. The best possibility is they may have heard of it. So you're dealing with a situation where you have tools that most people just cannot possibly fathom. And, you know, that, that can, can have a situation where that, that that's a pretty high wave to ride, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, that's a big deal. So, you know, it, it's, it's important, I think, you know, to, to have those moments where you are 
pulled into check. But the first few times, first few hundred times even, the reaction is one of anxiety because you've had that that power that you thought you had was shown to be, well, it's not as powerful as you thought. And then you instantly get sort of transported back to that feeling and it's not pleasant. So what do you do? You do what most people do. You go harder, you know? So it takes a, a while and some, some very strong mentoring. And I was very lucky uh, in that. Some very strong mentoring to on the mat to help you get past that. And that takes time. You know, however long it took to build, it takes twice as long to fix, you know? Do you, um, so with your students, obviously you're giving them these, uh, these magical tools, you know, do they, do, do you give it with caveats? How do, how do you uh, make sure that they stay good people? Well, you don't know. I mean, that, that's, that's why I think that's the cool thing about jujitsu is it is, you have to earn whatever you get. It's not just a, a meritocracy in that you are as good as what uh, you are as good as you are, your skills uh, uh, you once you take ownership of those skills, you're, you're sort of responsible for, for how they, they're used and all that sort of stuff and how much effort you put in, you will ultimately get the, the benefit. Um, but the other cool thing is it's not only a result of, of work, but the amount of time it takes to earn that next belt, to earn that next stride is a testament to someone who's are they there for real or are they there for not now i i would put it to anyone that achieving a blue belt is very doable for most people but it's also very interesting that most of the time when people stop doing jiu-jitsu is around blue belt and so okay that's enough for them so i guess it's you know, what are you willing to do to get to blue belt turns into what are you willing to give up to go further? Mm. Then say brown belt, what are you willing to give back? You know, are you going to be a positive influence on your mat in your circle? What are you willing to give back? And then ultimately as a black belt, the, the real question is, are you willing to serve? And that's a, that's, a, that's a big deal. And people that are very possibly egocentric or just not very nice people, they're not really thinking that far ahead. They're about as far as they go is, what am I willing to do to be able to beat somebody up? Yeah. Okay, well, blue belt's where you stop. And that, not, that's not everyone, of course, that, that um, you know, gets the blue belt and stops. It, there's life gets in the way, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I think that the, the culture of the academy and the amount of effort and time it takes to make significant progress in jiu-jitsu is, you know, it is, it is a roadblock for these guys. You know, it, it's not something that uh, you, you got to have some guts. You got to have some courage. You don't need to, trained like a maniac to get courage you just need to be there 
you know, and it, and it's, it takes effort. So it's a fight to get out of bed in the morning sometimes, let alone after work or, you know, whatever, go to the mat. And that, that takes commitment. Pardon? Not on a jujitsu day, jujitsu day, you know, up, alarm goes off straight. <laughs> Uh, you, you need an alarm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, like sometimes you're feeling, you know, beat up or, you know, and, and this happens when I think people sort of attach a value to a result. Yeah. So, you know, like they win, they feel good. They lose, they feel bad. You know, they tap. I, I feel terrible. I tap someone. I feel really good. And they put themselves on that roller coaster. You could be at the bottom end of the roller coaster. Now it's hard to go to training. That's what I try to convey to my guys is the result doesn't matter. Jiu-jitsu will work itself out. Your job is to make sure you're using it as to the best of your ability. And once, once you've got that, then the result will sort itself out. But as far as, you know, training people that are, you know, of questionable character, you can't hide forever. That's one thing that people don't really understand about the mat is uh, you can you can gloss over things. You can pull the wool over people's eyes only for so long. But when you're stuck underneath someone, we're going to find out who you are, and you know that 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 will come out. That that will be a tell. Like I said, you don't get to opt out of being human. Humans are subject to emotions and what's going on in there is going to come out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was, yeah, that's, it's funny. You just kind of, yeah, said a lot of things that kind of, I think we all think a lot of the time when we get to see it a bit from the outside as well. So I suppose because of running a school and training people, you kind of see that external, you get to see it externally every day, don't you as well? Whereas the person who just comes on their own to train, they kind of, they don't necessarily, because they're on the on the world, they don't see it spinning. Whereas we get the, the privilege of stepping off so that we can watch the mat and everything that's happening on it and the people going through their highs and lows and you go, oh, I remember that. I remember feeling like yeah. that. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure we've all been there too, you know, but I think the ability to detach is obviously a, a prerequisite of any leadership position. And when I say leadership, it could be the owner of the school, it could be the head instructor, but it could also be a senior student, someone who's been around a minute and, you know, they, they get the opportunity to learn that they can detach from that situation and have a look at it a little bit more objectively. But of course, you know, if you're, if you're, stuck in the middle of it and you're in the thick of the exchange it's hard to remain objective and it's it's even more difficult if you're not 100% certain of what that exchange means you know like especially it's early days yeah. you're seeing a whole bunch of stuff but what you're seeing doesn't add up to what you're feeling and what you're feeling is well it's either there or it isn't and it has a particular effect on you so you know, it's, it's, it's much different now. I think the, the, the structure of a class, I would imagine that most jujitsu academies have a beginner's class and there's some sort of curriculum that's being followed, um, which is 
set up by someone who's been around a minute. So it makes sense. Um, but back in the day, well, I was sort of lucky because I got a lesson before one lesson before my first sparring session where I got whooped, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting process, you know, but I think the ability to detach is, is an important thing, you know, and, and that outside of the mat, whether we're dealing with, you know, a road rage where someone's like losing their minds or just somebody objectionable on the phone or, you know, i got level five Karen the other day. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was crazy. Right. So let me explain the situation. I was walking out of a supermarket and they've got these, everything's supposed to be distance, but the lanes are like really small. So I'm like, okay. And just to give you a bit of a perspective, I'm six foot six and 105 kilos currently. Right? So I'm not little and I'm, I'm walking out and then someone's walking the other way, like the wrong way through the exit. And I'm like, okay, I'll just stop here. No big deal. And then a sign, some advertising fell down across the thing. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm obviously not getting out of here anytime soon. There's nobody in the adjacent entry aisle. So I just stepped over a barrier because I could, because I got long legs. So I stepped straight over and left. And then this woman that, that worked there, you know, obviously she thought she was doing the right thing, but she screamed at me. You got to do this. You got to do that. You can't, we have rules and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. Um, See ya. <laughs> I didn't do, I know I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't put anybody in danger. It's okay. But you know, it would have been pretty uh, interesting. I, I, I did say, it's like, look, I understand, but you know, there's no sort of need to be discourteous. And uh, well, if you don't like it, don't come back. And I said, Oh, okay, no problem. <laughs> Just left. But it would be very easy at that point just to lose it and start ah, back, you know, it's, it's, and that ability just to say, you know what, it's okay. That's your stuff. That's cool. I, I get it. But I, I know 100% that there was, I followed the rules to the best of my ability given the circumstances. So, you know, that there it is a little objectivity, uh, uh, the ability to detach, to find it, I think is a, uh, a useful tool for anybody. No, knowing when not to take the bait. Most of the time it's don't take the bait because it's bait. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's, there's, there's a reason why they call it that. <laughs> True. One second guys. Hey kids. Yeah, That's, what That's what I'm doing wrong. I still take the odd bit of bait. <laughs> Hey, just got to not react to anything. Did you check your timer? No. Well, you better check it. <laughs> I want to set the house on fire. Five minutes. You got five minutes to go? You sure you don't want to check it now? You want to check it? Last time I, last time I put it out before. But that was a muffin. That was different. 
Okay, buddy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Making sure the kids don't burn the house down. It's okay. We, we did a we did a we did a podcast with uh, Luis Heredia, and that was um that was that was a lot. Ah, uh, Limor. Well, we get, we're getting a cooking show with David today as well. <laughs> oh man, Luis is cool. Um, I met him a few years ago. It's the first time I met him. Uh, but we we're at the Jiu Jitsu Lifestyle Summit. And he was there, and uh, yes, yeah, super cool guy. Um, just, I, I, I just love his, his, his attitude towards pretty much everything. It's okay, man. <laughs> it's all good. You know, I, I, he's a super cool dude, super mm-hmm. cool dude. Hopefully, you know, one day in the future, I'll actually get to go visit his academy in Maui because I've never been, I haven't been to Europe either guys. So, you know, I've got to, I've got to get over there too, but as it currently stands, I don't think uh, Australia is going to let me out of the country until at least 2022 or something like that. It's the, that's the year that's going around, 22, 23. I'm like, okay, well, all right. <laughs> Are you joking when you say that? No, Are they I'm not. Are talking about serious rules about locking people down in the country and not letting them out? International travel currently is it's not on. Um, and they're talking about possibly extending that ban to 2023. I think that's a go down. Yeah, no, we'll stay away from that one. It's a crazy rabbit hole, that one. Yeah. But um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that does not come to pass and I can come and visit in person. That would be great. But right. um, yeah, jiu jitsu is super awesome. Mate. And, and it's not for, like, for the most part, I think the reason it is, is because it evolves with the person. Now, if someone has a very specific goal of, okay, feeling a little bit more confident in a a physical confrontation, maybe blue belt just does them, you know, that's fine. You take, you you ride that as far as you need to go. Um, But I think for, for the guys that are, are very committed to it and they've accepted that lifestyle, there's there's significant um, benefits towards it, and those those goals and those benefits evolve with the practitioner. So what you you, know, you might have started as a young guy and you wanted to compete, and you keep going and you feel it's okay, maybe that's not as important anymore. And I already know how to defend myself and all sorts of stuff. It doesn't mean you neglect those techniques or you you stop practicing that. But the you know training for your personal enjoyment or your understanding of the world or your social interactions, you know, building a social circle. You know, there's there's so much benefit to that. I, I couldn't begin to even estimate the amount of uh, businesses and deals that get done on a mat much akin to a golf course, you know, <laughs> like, Oh, I got so-and-so, I got my so-and-so stuff done with, with him. You know, he's, he's a friend from the Academy kind of thing. Oh yeah. Well, he hooked me up with this guy. You know, it's like all that sort of stuff. There's just, it's just a, a, a benefit of having a positive uh, social circle. People that are willing to help each other people that have that respect for each other and think about the amount of trust we put in each other and asked for from day one. Yeah. I'm, I'm expecting that you let me go when I ask you to let me go. 
And that's yeah, a lot of trust, man. <laughs> and you don't necessarily know that person. So, and I think that's why I think fundamentally we are dealing with good people. I mean, if, if people weren't inherently good, no one could spend any amount of time with anyone else without trying to kill them. It's, it's just, it couldn't happen. I mean, one of the things that you said this evening or this morning for you, um, you know, around that, the fact that, you know, trust the jujitsu journey, you know, jujitsu sorts it out. How, I mean, and you also said that like some white belts, maybe they don't understand enough to be able to make sense of that kind of that statement. Um, I don't know, I guess, I guess, you know, you do see people go through those, those moments, those, when they first start, you know, it's like, okay, dude, one, one second, bro. Yeah, no, I go for it. So you, you guys are okay? Okay, now you got your plates out. Do you need, do you need a hand to grab it? Your hands again out. No. no. Okay, just be careful. All right. <laughs> Self-defense lesson. Make, make sure your hands are wrapped. Don't don't touch anything hot. <laughs> You'll learn you fast. Yeah. You got it. You got one for eating too. Get eating for them. Get eating for them. Stressed out for them. I'm, I'm like, you, you're stressed oh, out. Yeah, so, this is doing this. All right, great stuff. Awesome, guys. Right, perfect, see? All works out. They survived. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think a lot of what you've spoken about, I think this, this feels like a fantastic podcast to ask somebody to listen to um, if they're, they're having those kind of those moments like, ah, oh, how can I carry on? Because, you know, they keep turning up and maybe they keep, getting beat but like you say it's not about attaching the, you know, the the result to whether you win or you lose but knowing that going through that experience you are growing you know and you might not understand that you're growing yet but over time you will realize that there's this the, the best lessons come from from tapping week after week after week and um, because you know you're learning what not to do um Anything to add to that? Because I, I feel like, you know, instead of trying to answer these people's questions when they come and they say, Bill, what do I do? I, you know, this is getting really, really tough. I feel like saying, listen to this podcast because you, you've almost nailed it, David. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I, I would add that whilst, and most people are generally result oriented. So, you will look at a result and you will determine from that result whether or not it was good or or not it was bad. Um, but we all know, um, especially if you've been around a minute, you, your result and, and your participation in that result will ultimately affect it. So it's the decisions you make on the way there. So I personally think that jujitsu and the learning of it by experience is in the interactions. So I would say to anyone, just as a, a general piece of advice, it doesn't matter whether they it was their first day or whether they were 10 years in or whatever, I would say you want to operate at a pace where you can understand and recall 
the interactions that happen between you and your partner, particularly in a sparring situation. Now, obviously, people aren't necessarily sparring on their first day, but when it comes to first day, learn what this is doing, this is doing, each leg is doing, learn where you need to be, awesome. You're doing great. And as long as you understand that, we're looking good. Um, but once you get to a point where you start to spar, we're, and, and we've been taught, and, and this is a part of, of jujitsu, is that, okay, the goal is submission, but there are a series of events that take place to get there. And the more skillful your opponent, the more technical resistance you're going to run into, the more problems you're going to have to solve on your way there. And it's inevitable that you don't solve all those problems. But what took place? You know, and, and to be able to operate at a pace that allows you to just recall in your mind, oh, when he did that, I did this, and that didn't quite turn out how I wanted it. How would I change it? Mm-hmm. Now, now you're doing jujitsu for the lessons, for the, for the, the improvement you're not doing jujitsu for a result and say, well, I tapped everyone in the room. I might be able to tap everyone in the room. It doesn't necessarily mean that I am the most technical or I'm the most knowledgeable. It might mean that, but there's no guarantee. Um, you might just be 20 years younger and 10 kilos heavier than everybody else and you smashed them. Okay. And what's often the case is when that happens in a room full of white belts, what do most people do? Give that guy a blue belt, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, is that an objective measure of that? Do we get to see this person at his worst? You know, when, when he's stuck underneath and he's tired, how does he behave then? You know, is that behavior now commensurate with that grade? So I think paying attention to the interactions and being, allowing yourself to not, be concerned with the result. The result is it's just a product. Now, if that product wasn't good, it doesn't, it, that's not a commentary on you, but most people tend to take it very personally. I suck. Well, no, that's not a commentary on you. It just means one of the processes you used caused or contributed to that particular result. So if we look at the process rather than the product that's going to be a a situation where we're going to be able to make those adjustments and actually ultimately probably advance a little quicker um, because we're not obsessed with just the result. I guess as well, I mean, you know, it's, it's giving the people that just starting out as well, the confidence to be able to say, hang on a second you know we're going a bit too fast we need to slow down and because I, I, I i'm i can't work it out it's, you know so so equipping them with the with the confidence you know on the mats and in the room to be able to say actually let's just you know take it down a notch that that that's going to help them a massive amount as well because if they're always like operating in that kind of like uh, you know rabbit in headlights kind of mode nothing, yeah, the, but nothing. that's a fight at that point that's a fight yeah. That, that, that lack of, it's, it's now emotional. Yeah. And, and look, let's be real. 
people are not guided by logic most of the time. Most of the time we're guided by emotions. And there's few things that are more emotional than being held down against your will and strangled. I mean, if you look at it in, in terms of um, uh, Abraham Maslow uh, in his hierarchy of needs. So the first needs are very basic, food, water, shelter, you know, air. You know what goes at the bottom? Battery and Wi-Fi. <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> food, water. Food, water, air, shelter, Wi-Fi, Netflix. <laughs> but the next level above that is a sense of security, safety, your ability to protect those things. And as jiu-jitsu practitioners, you have very handily demonstrated that you can very literally take a basic need from that person against their will. That's a very, very powerful thing. So now, and then you say, don't fight, you know, learn, relax. Well, okay. Since when is telling someone to relax ever resulted in them relaxing? It doesn't work, right? <laughs> it's a very emotional thing. It's a visceral thing. You, you've, you've taken something from them that they thought was like, guaranteed i've got this and you just demonstrated the ability to take it that's a that's very serious stuff so instead of you know and what's what's the usual cause of this i've learned a pile of techniques i am now i've graduated to sparring i'm expected to use these techniques i understand more or less where i am I understand the technique that I'm supposed to use and now it's not working. And now that person's advancing on me. Once again, you get this emotional roller coaster, this soup that's going on inside someone's head and logic isn't, isn't there. So it takes a long time to apply logic under stress and to pretend that logic is actually steering this bus that, you know, we call a body uh, is erroneous. Logic is just trying to stop it from falling off the bridge. You know, <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. Just a little, da, da, da. It's, it's a, a little battle, you know? Um, so, you know, that, that's an interesting thing. So, and oftentimes as instructors, our solution to that when, and hopefully our students <laughs> He's, he's always, always like he does that. It's funny. <laughs> um, what do we do? So hopefully our students feel good enough to ask us a question. I can't get out of here. What's going on? So the natural inclination for us is at that point to go, oh, here's another technique. And, you know, they feel that we're helping them. They've been heard. They've been helped. So they're feeling good for now. And you feel good because you go, okay, well, I gave them something they can use. Yeah, great. I'm doing my job. Good for me. And then they go sparring again and then they figure out that they forgot what you showed them because, you know, whether or not it was repetition or whether or not that situation actually came up again was, is now up for debate. 
And then they're scrambling to remember another thing that they feel now that they should remember because you just handed it to them. So you're now actually piling on. And this is something that I, I've recently been thinking about. Um, okay, so before I, I get to providing another technique, I'm very much looking at, okay, do you realize where you are? Yes, okay, check. So go through the checklist. What is your priority at this point? Okay, so where are you? So let's say you're stuck underneath the mount. Okay, you understand where you are. Okay, good. Where do most people go? I need to escape. Sure about that? No, your priority is don't die, right? <laughs> so first you got to defend. And once you can survive and you survive long enough and you defend effectively enough, the result, the product associated with good defense, the process of good defense is now an escape and so on and so forth. And you can constantly run through that loop as opposed to here's another technique or I'll try anything I can. I've got to get out now. Um, and that's something that I actually look for. I, I don't really care too much about the results. So if I'm assessing someone for, for whatever reason and they end up getting tapped, I'm not really too concerned about that. What I'm looking at is, did they realize where they were? Okay, yes, they wanted to get out. They were using an appropriate escape, but did they prioritize well? Okay, well, if they prioritize well and they got caught, well, then I can look at the other guy and go, what did he do that sort of stumped this other person? How did they use their reaction, all that sort of stuff? So it allows, it allows one to be a little bit more uh, analytical, it allows one to apply some form of diagnostics to what either you're doing yourself or what someone's doing is when you're a third party um, looking in. So instead of giving another technique, it's about, you know, giving them the, the time and the space to actually execute the techniques that they already know at the right time and, and better rather right. than giving them more. Yeah. And during that process, it may come out that that person does in fact need or require a skill that they do not currently possess or refinement on a skill that they have, but this situation demands a little bit more of that technique and it's not quite right. So we get a chance to be able to actually do that a little bit more. Um, I think it's, more accurately. Uh, it's gold what you've been talking tonight, David. I think, yeah, this is, this is one that I'm definitely going to be sending um, some, some like new, newish, newer members to, to, to go and listen to. I'm glad to be of service. It's a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you guys are digging it. You know, it's, um, I, I, I'm one of those people who sort of could go on forever. <laughs> you know what? But, um, what you just said, it's like Bill was saying, it's a good one because it's just kind of made some things fall into line in my brain, which doesn't happen very often. So it's quite good. Probably heard it. Yeah, you probably heard it land with a big thunk. Yeah, you probably heard it in the background. It's like Tetris. Yeah. Well, like over the weeks, we've been talking to. It's bit. That's the other awesome thing about jujitsu is that what other activity could you get to talk to people at the 
at the top end of the game and just access those people and get to talk to them. Like, you know, we've got to right. talk to you, we've got to talk to Master Pedro Sal, we've got to talk to, you know, all of these people that if you were a footballer, you'd never get to talk to Pele. You'd never get, well, you know, for obvious reasons right now. Are you, are you going to go and, and, and shoot hoops? Yeah. With, you know, Michael Jordan? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> that'll, that'll never happen. That's a, it's a once in a lifetime moment, but. Yeah. Um, so I, we've been able to access all this cool information. And over the weeks, we've been talking about like the constant thing that's come up, obviously, because it's true, is about concepts rather than techniques. And we've been talking to people about like kind of when did that switch flick in your brain between um, thinking about learning moves and then actually thinking about concepts and applying those concepts. And you That's can, a big one. Yeah, That's and a, you can kind of, and I couldn't kind of get it in my head. And I was still sitting here thinking, I don't know if I do apply concepts. I don't know if I even understand concepts anymore. I don't know if I really. <laughs> it's I, been a while. Yeah, it's been a long time. I don't really know if I know what's going on anymore. So, but. And, and people saying different things. Oh, you know, at Purple Belt, I really felt like I switched into concepts and wasn't thinking about moves anymore so much. And But actually what you've said then is kind of stacked it in my brain as hopefully you follow a cycle, and you can correct me on this if, if it's not kind of what you meant, but you follow this cycle of you understand the position and the concept, and then that allows you to realise if there is or what the move is that you need to move forward and then you move to the next rung on the ladder in terms of your conceptual understanding so now i go okay now i'm i'm working on a slightly higher concept so instead of just survive okay now the opportunity to escape will present itself because i've done good defense and i've survived that you know whatever's been thrown at me now i can escape now i can move on to the concept of timing and prediction which is a probably a higher level concept to just survive and then there's a move that will help me with that which will then allow me to move on to the next concept perfect perfect ah, see, I, I, would, I would even go give that man a stripe <laughs> i would even go so far as to say that Uh, and, and, and really, just to preface this a little bit, I would say, what makes a technique advanced? It's not necessarily that it's particularly hard to do. You can break any technique down and learn to do it. That's, that's not too, too difficult to task for anyone that has the most basic amount of coordination. The thing that makes it advanced is the necessity of its use in my opinion. So I'm not doing things in jujitsu because I feel like doing them. Some people operate like that and that's great. You know, more power to them. I can't do that. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a necessity. So I need to use whatever for a good reason. And that reason is usually the level of the opponent that I am now dealing with. If that person does not demand a particularly intricate technique, then I'm not going to use it. But where, where does that start? Well, okay, you start at the bottom. You start at the base level opponent. The base level opponent is someone that is not skillful 
in jiu-jitsu doesn't really understand it, no less dangerous, mind you, you know, athletic, strong, possibly larger and stronger than yourself. Uh, but you, you have to be very aware of these, these basic human behaviors. So they're not doing jujitsu guy stuff. They're doing people stuff. They're doing human stuff. And that's where your base level of jujitsu begins. And then as that opponent gets more and more savvy, you start behaving differently and using a different technique or a different idea because that person now demands it. But how do you know? When, when does that take place? Well, I would say with reference to the progression that you were talking about was you practice a technique or, you know, you, you practice your, you know, your, your, your base level techniques, learn to deal with a base level opponent, do this to a point where you don't have to think about the steps. So you've, you've gone from learning the move to taking ownership of it. So you, you've learned it, you understand it, I've repped it out, I now own it, it's mine. Then you wanna get to that point so that you can rely on feel and paying attention to what the other person is doing rather than what you're trying to do. That's usually what gets people in trouble a lot of the time is they're not paying attention to the other guy anymore. They start putting themselves first and that's when they get caught. I heard it put quite nicely once that it's like, um, like you should be responding, not reacting. Mm. It, it, like whatever they're doing, you're like the other side of it. You're like the mirror that responds. When the mirror responds, it, it, there's no emotional content. It's just doing what it needs to do to fill the gap, you know? Hmm. You, you, your feel allows you to, someone can either move or they can't, you know, your assumption about what they're doing, then you go square peg, square hole, bam. And the faster you can do that, that'll get you to a certain point. But being a little bit more patient, being willing to feel that person allows you, instead of going, I'm going to rely on reaction speed. Are you talking about? It's like that reaction. I'm going to do this. Here I am. I've got to move. Go. And it be, it's very intense. And you can feel that in a person. It's very intense. It's very hard. It's very forceful. And that's, that's reaction, right? But the, the sense of feel, the sense of touch, the sense of just that, you know, just distributing weight and, and, and riding that out and, Usually what that results in is you tend not to move as quickly you, you, because you're more invested in understanding what the other person wants. You know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a big deal. And I think with reference to your previous question, um, Peter, was when do you make the switch from acquiring more techniques or thinking about this technique for this situation to a more conceptual uh, approach. I think it's at that time when you've mastered a, a, a solid foundation or I shouldn't say mastered. I, I would correct that. I would say taking ownership of a solid foundation of techniques from the most common positions to a point where you don't have to think about the steps. 
then you can start concentrating on feel. And then when you're feeling what's going on and now you're, you know, the techniques are almost falling out of you. Even when you lose position, you start losing position with style, as I put it, you know, lose position with style. You know, if you're going to lose a position, do something cool, right? If you make the upa escape and you, you roll me out, uh, what I want to do is my mind is like, okay, if you're going to roll me out, props to you for rolling me out, but I'm just going to give you a whole pile of problems that you didn't anticipate, right? <laughs> so you think you did good and you did right up until you landed on the next lot of problems. <laughs> you did not improve your situation with your move. So I'm losing position. Yeah, sure. But I'm doing it with style, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's a, that's a, a cool thing, but that comes from feel, you know, the, the more I always found, that when I was training, the more I wanted something, I want to do this, I'm planning on doing that, I'm gonna catch you now, the less successful I ultimately was. You're almost trying to impose something that's not, it's like you say, it's not the square peg in the square hole then, because you're trying to impose the square peg on the round hole. Correct. It, it, you, it isn't the right thing. Something... You miss the opportunities to come flying by. Right. You want something so much that you're not paying attention to whether or not it's even appropriate. Um, might have been appropriate five seconds ago. Right. Well, it's gone. You're not in the moment anymore. It's over. You know, that, and that's a, that's a huge thing. And I think you, that, that emotional attachment to a particular result or a particular technique um, does cause that. And, and that does cause some dissonance in the student. That's what we, we've said that to a few, some of our guys when they're trying to kind of work on, you know, that, on, that, on that kind of aspect. And we say that no emotional attachment to the move, you know, you, you, like, you, the, like you said before, it's the, it's the outcome. You know, I'll, I'm going to, I'll get you or whatever, whatever your outcome you know, wants to be. But how you get there, you know, I, I don't care. Mm. And that's what I said to the guys, like, it, it might have been a cross choke there, but there might be a really good arm bar over there. Well, the, the way I would put that is when you have no expectations, you ultimately have no limits. Yeah. Expectation is just a, was it, um, I don't know what, what the quote was, but it's basically like expectation is effectively just setting up resentment. <laughs> it's, but, that, but that's what causes a lot of people to be very disappointed in themselves. They expect one thing, they don't get it. And especially, you know, in, in the modern day and age when, you can expect something and probably get it. And then you come to the mat and then you expect something and you don't. Like that, that's, that's a, you know, that's, that's a, a dissonant feeling. gratification, isn't it? Right, absolutely. Um, it's a, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting sort of set of circumstances with jujitsu. I think jujitsu, I think jujitsu contributes to the individual improving themselves because there would be no such thing as instant gratification when it comes to jujitsu at all. But that's, that's instant. isn't it? You know, that's, that's the thing that makes you makes you come back. If, it, if you got it for free, would you want it? Right. Well, would it have value? Yeah, exactly. You might want it, but does it really mean anything to you anymore? 
Exactly. That's, that's what we, we, we've spoken about it before. Like, if you imagine like the Matrix and someone said, oh, you know, I want to learn jiu-jitsu. Yeah, it'd be cool. But hmm. would you... It's just it? another app on your phone. You don't even care, right? <laughs> I've that one for a while, you know? Well, it's, it's empty at that point. There's, there's no sense of... Um, there's no sense of accomplishment to it because it was just so easy to get. You know, and, and that's, I, I, I like doing things that are sort of hard. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I haven't, I haven't um, been in a, in, a, in a long while, but um, I'm into bow hunting. I'm into, I've been skating a lot more. Um, just skating is hard. Like, skating is super hard. Like just to, to do a simple thing, like even just stand on it and not fall off when you're rolling, that's hard. And I, I recently got back into it after 28 years away from a, a board. You know, when my kids wanted to start, so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll get back into it kind of thing. And, um, you know, it's it, it, those things that are difficult, you know, be it I'm going to do hill sprints or whatever I'm going to do today and you achieve it like you, so you finally get there that's a sense of accomplishment that simply purchasing that feeling wouldn't give you. Like if you could purchase that feeling, it wouldn't give you the same thing. I think, um, I think a lot of people that that's kind of what they're missing. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not the, uh, the voice of everybody and people's opinions might vary, etc. but I think that's what's missing from a lot of people is they don't have something that they're, they're struggling to get better at. Mm. And, you know, just in life. I agree. Like, Every day is like a is like a groundhog day of work, come home, eat, sleep, and there's no progression. It's all achievable. It's all yeah. achievable. You don't have to try too hard to do it. No, you kind of and, and the result is what at the end of the fortnight or whatever, you get your your money in your account, and you go, okay, this is why I do it. <sighs> you know, and then, and then, you, well, we have people that are battling with all sorts of anxieties and depressions and all that sort of stuff. But I think pursuing something that is not only physically difficult, but taxes you mentally, you know, between the ears is where the real battle begins, I think. And, and if you have something in your life that's, that does that for you. And I think jujitsu is like the perfect package in that regard. It is physically demanding, but it's also, there's, there's a mental element to it that is equally, if not more so important. And that, that is, that is going to be a battle sometimes. It's, it's like, um, achieving those little things, to someone else that's on the outside looking in that doesn't know what you're doing, they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. But to you, that was huge. And you, you feel significantly um, better. You feel very fulfilled about that because you know how hard it was to do. Yeah. You know how, how difficult it was. You know how hard you had to work. And that's a sense of achievement that, simply you know doing the the day-to-day and getting the paycheck at the end of the week and going by the numbers just doesn't do for you um, 
we kind of said like, okay, do jujitsu, but if you don't do jujitsu, find something else that's like, yeah. play a musical instrument, skateboarding, some, you know, something like that, or whatever it is where you have to, you have to develop to improve. It's not just something, some things are just like recreation. You turn up, it's like you go and play a little bit of, you know, picking on it a little bit, but like a little bit of badminton or something, you know, and some mm. people and try and get really good at it, but it, some people just go and play. They're doing sports. Right. But that, that's, and that's the difference. Yeah. It's like the, it's the difference between doing obligatory exercise and actually attempting to achieve something for you. Exactly. It's like how many people are packed into to gyms or have, have purchased their gym membership? They go for a couple of weeks. They forget about it. And, you know, why? Uh, so why'd you join up? Oh, uh, yeah, you know, I should probably exercise. Then it's almost like an obligatory thing. They're doing it because someone else said that they probably should. <laughs> it's not really, it doesn't mean a lot to them. But how often have you heard this story? Well, I got some really bad news from the doctor and I've really got to pull my finger out here and, and, and work hard and, and, you know, I've got to lose weight. I've got to get in shape. I've got to strengthen myself. And then it becomes something with currency yeah. and there's that that act now has meaning and i think with with any sort of act that has meaning the philosophy is in the act yeah. doing jujitsu or you know if someone you know is, is into weightlifting or something you know they're not doing it because like the people that are really into it they're not doing it for anyone else they're doing it for them you know, this is this is their time. This is their their struggle, their battle, whatever it happens to be. This is how they understand the world. More power to them. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, I, I think jujitsu is amazing because it touches so many areas. It touches the fundamental need for safety, the hierarchy of needs. You need to have safety, security. You need to not only have that physically, but you need to know for yourself that you can defend, maintain, protect those basic needs that everyone has. You, that just by itself is is a huge sense of you know uh, achievement and security. Um, then. You know, you've got the physical element. So it's physically demanding. It's mentally demanding. And there's there's a lot going on there. And that's why, you know, I, I feel jujitsu is, is an excellent package. I don't think... And it, that doesn't necessarily apply to all martial arts either. Now, granted, you can practice any martial art and find those exact same things. You know unless you're yelling at people from across the room or something like that and trying to make them fall down, you know, cool. if you're physically out there doing it, good for you. Um, but I, I feel that if you have the ability to physically interact with someone as per jujitsu, judo, uh, wrestling, um, it could also be, you know, for, for I, I personally am not a fan of getting punched in the head, but, um, you know, boxing or Muay Thai or anything like that. I, I did that for a number of years. Um, 
you know, once again, same, same sort of thing, but it's very real. The, and and the, the realness that the palpable, you know, feelings you get, you, you cannot compare that. You know, it's, that's something that's, well, you know, you're getting down and it, it now means something to you. And it's, it's a very real thing. Yeah. And it's, it is difficult, but you don't do it because of if you if you have to do something difficult because someone told you to you might do it but you might sort of half make it if you're doing it because you want to do it you're going to get a lot out of it and that could be anything but you know i'm a little biased i i, I like jujitsu <laughs> you're right though it touches on like it touches all of the the points that you need to touch to make something useful to something there's no kind of um it's no mistake that all the stuff that people use and have all the programs that are set up that have life-changing things for i don't know kids that have got problems and things like that are all stuff like they have all those elements you know like mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu does like the unpredictability of it the fact that you've got to work hard at it you know the fact that it teaches you about um you know mental resilience and just like yes. we were saying, just getting up and getting back on the mat, you know, there's, you know, all of those programs that they do with kids traditionally that I think jujitsu could play a big part in now. Things like surfing programs and things like taking kids out into the wilderness. They're the same. They've still got all the same things. Like, well, things, things do not go according to plan, do they? Yeah. You know, if you're on, if you're on the board out in the ocean, you know, you're riding something that's moving on top of something that's moving there's a really good possibility that things are not going to go your way and even when they do it's not going to last yeah. right <laughs> so you know the the ability just to deal with that yeah you wipe out a hundred times all right well you get back on you paddle out you go again you know it's it's like i think it like and you look at those programs like you were, you were referring to they have a physical element they have a sense of achievement attached to them and they are mentally challenging also you you have problems you need to solve there are some hardships you need to overcome you need to work with other people possibly you know all, all those sorts of things that that are valued um that that we would put first and foremost for a, a child particularly a, a kid that's you know experiencing some some difficulties or or having a hard time with whatever and we say, okay, yeah, well, we know what to do, but we very rarely, if ever, do it as adults or maintain it um, for ourselves. And for some reason, it's like, okay, yeah, we're supposed to have learned that and that's it. No, I think, I, I don't think you own something like resilience. I think you rent it. You get a chance. You get a chance to practice that. It's something that you practice. The philosophy is in the act. You you don't own the philosophy. You gotta you gotta live it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think we're just hardwired. I think I can't get away from the fact that I just think we're wired that way. Nobody gets around being human. Yeah, there you go. Full circle. Can't get around it. <laughs> it's like it, it's like going back to your question before. I just had this thought. It's like. Um, you, you'll notice that certain black belts have like, and this usually starts happening around purple brown. Um, you know, they have like a move 
like, or a series of techniques or a particular position that they're just like, they hit this button and you're going to die. It's, it's over. Right. I never had that. Still to this day, I don't really have it. Um, when it comes to say going from say concept or techniques to concepts, as we were talking about before, um, I just had this thought just now, I feel that my strength was not in a particular set of moves or, or whatever. It was the ability to put things together, to, to string different things together. And I think part of transitioning into a more sort of conceptual idea is finding the common thread for you, what, whatever that is. Now, some people relate to it very positionally. So they go, okay, from here, this is, I feel very comfortable here and I can do this, 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 and this, and this ends up there. And then they build on it from there. Um, yeah. So the, the transition to say more of a concept is to find something that you can relate to other areas as well. So it's like, it, it does follow the, the idea that you practice something so you don't need to remember the steps anymore, but then you want to transfer that and branch it into other areas. So I had, I have some I, you know, different ideas on that as well, but yeah, I think uh, looking back at it, I think that, you know, my, strength as a as a black belt you could say is my ability to find the common thread rather than play spot the difference so it's like uh, you know that the, the old um you know sports versus street argument mm -hmm. i don't agree with that argument i think the argument misses misses the logic i think the argument comes from I'm going to justify my existence here and you're going to justify yours there. And in the middle is actually really where the gold is. The Venn diagram overlaps quite a lot. Right. But nobody's concentrating on that. <laughs> so I think find, find the common thread and then, you know, have, have your series of, of stuff that you go through to determine whether or not you need that. You know, you need that particular tool. Is that tool appropriate for this situation? Yeah, that's that's part of that that loop that we're talking about here. But yeah, a lot of different ways to do it, and they're all good. They work, no doubt about it. You know, absolutely no doubt about it. That's why I think that the argument's a little silly because it's actually dividing things rather than saying, okay, well, where's the common ground? Why why can't we all just sort of hang out and you know, appreciate? this form of jujitsu for what it is. Yeah. I think it's a, that's a big deal for, for jujitsu guys in general as well. It goes right the way back to that very first question around like, you know, the Olympics and the sport and what damage can it do? I think when you, when you do that, it does start to move those circles further and further apart. So. But like we were saying before, you know, how, how easy it is it really to connect with someone that's you know very influential or you know has been in the game for a long time any any one of you guys can go and you know you jump on pedro's mat or you can go and see you know Hiron and henna or you can train with luis or you know that that's very accessible 
So the degree with which that happens, that bifurcation happens, is actually up to us as the practitioners. We can influence that. And, you know, I think if you're in it for the long haul, you don't want to run out of stuff to do. So you, you, want, to, you want to keep, you know, adding to your arsenal and, and making sense of it as you go. So it's accessible to you. That's up to what? us. That's that's in our hands, guys. You know. What a fantastic podcast. Yeah. I'm sold. You guys dug it. I hope everyone else does too. No, uh, honestly, straight to the top of my list of favourites so far. <laughs> I don't know whether or not it's the late night I'm hallucinating or what, but I'm, I'm on some kind of trip where it's, you know, everything seems to be landing tonight. So thank you. <laughs> very, very welcome. It can get closer to your brain. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> really, really good stuff. Thank you, David. Uh, very welcome. My my pleasure, guys. Thank you for thank you for asking me to do this. I, you know, it's uh it's a, a great uh, great thing to be able to do, and uh, to be asked is is an absolute uh, pleasure and an honor. So thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm gonna. Oh, before we go, is there anything you wanna? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to? Where? Well, when eventually they can come and see you. <laughs> well, any, anyone can come in and and visit uh, Gracie Temple Stowe, uh, Gracie Jiu Jitsu Temple Stowe. It's in uh, Parker Street, one four three A Parker Street, uh, Victoria, Australia. Um, Gracie-jujitsu.com.au. Um, if you want a message or and. As long as you introduce yourself, so I know who I'm speaking to, you can message me or anything like that. I'm I'm pretty easy to find. So, um, yeah. The other the, the only other thing that I would want to plug is jujitsu. You know, be be a part of that. You know, if you're on the fence and you saw this and you're on the fence, do yourself a favor. Go hang out with these guys. You know, go go find. Even if you can't make it to their academy, find an academy. And, and don't worry about so much the pedigree of the guy. Look at how the students interact with each other and would you want to be part of that crew? And, yeah. um, you know, it has the potential to do some very amazing things for you. And it's a very powerful tool. So I, I say, you know, jujitsu, get on it. Awesome. Awesome message. Right. I'll cut the uh, live stream off there. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in that has tuned in and watched and listened and if you're doing the uh, audio version then hopefully yeah you've enjoyed it just as much so thank you very much